Blog Talk Radio. With Mike and Mike, Mike Bozich, Mike Carter, we certainly appreciate you joining us. A very special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike here this week. It's our award show, a two-hour spectacular, and we've got all the winners. We've got the runners-up. We've got a fantastic guest list lined up for you here tonight. But uh, first, Mike, this show is going to start under a little bit of a dark cloud. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, Mike, uh, we were informed yesterday uh, that Ted Barkis, who was uh, one of the nominees for Race Fan of the Year, um, unfortunately, uh, Ted passed away yesterday morning. Um, we received the obituary from Stacy Ruddick, and I'm going to go ahead and read that at this time. Uh, Teddy Barkis, 70, of Delaware, and formerly of Sunbury, died Wednesday, December 30th at Willowbrook Christian Village in Delaware, Ohio. He was born on April 13, 1945, in Sunbury to the late Lord and Leona Barkas. He had worked as a janitor for Alpha Industries. Teddy enjoyed going to fairs all over the state, and especially the Delaware-Ohio County Fair. Teddy collected hats, love trains, big names, and long words. Teddy was a friend to everyone and never met a stranger. He spent time helping various horsemen at the fairgrounds grooming and feeding horses and made many friends who this Christmas sent him 300-plus cards. I'll tell you what, Mike, I was very blessed to be a part of that because um, we had Stacy on the show just last week, and we actually sent out the, or gave out the address, and uh, I hope that some of our listeners were able to send him a card uh, before the unfortunate events of yesterday. And uh, what's going to happen, Mike, is uh, from now on and for race, uh, the uh, race awards in the future, the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards, the race fan of the year will be now, now known as the Ted Barkas Race Fan of the Year. So on behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, all of my family, I'm sure I could speak for uh, yourself, Mike Carter. Uh, condolences to the fans and uh, the friends and family of uh, Ted Barkas, who, uh, who passed away. Uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, our heartfelt sympathies 
uh, out to uh, everybody that knew Ted. But uh, Ted's looking over us right now, Mike, and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Boy, we've got some great guests. Uh, Dave Miller, Hall of Fame driver, will be joining us. Also, owner of the year, George Teague. Dave Miller was the driver of the year also. George Teague will be joining us. We'll have Breakthrough Award winner Gabe Pruitt. We'll have the voice of the Little Brown Jug, Roger Houston. Plus, we'll be announcing all of our award winners and runners-up. The votes have been tallied. And, uh, Mike, we certainly, certainly are touched by the number of votes and the number of shares and likes on social media that we received throughout this last week. I'll tell you what, Mike, it's been a uh, phenomenal week, and we received hundreds of votes. And uh, real quick before we go into how the votes were tabulated, uh, we want to let everybody know we are going to be giving out prizes tonight. So uh, make sure you're active on social media using the hashtag posttimeawards, and we'll be giving out a few uh, little gifts as we go forward. But um, the results, uh, of course, we used Google to collect all the votes, and then we used an independent program to go through and kind of siphon out any uh, potential duplicates. Obviously, it was one per person, and so any of the potential duplicates were completely wiped out and uh, sent back to us, and we didn't get it until, I think it was, what, five minutes ago, Mike, that we got it back? Right. We certainly did. It was about uh, five minutes ago, and uh, we uh, did all the counting. And we once again, we certainly appreciate it. We were certainly touched by the number of votes uh, that we had and the number of shares on social media, the number of likes on Facebook and the retweets on Twitter and all that good stuff. So we certainly appreciate everybody's participation. And we've got six great categories and everybody's award winners, Mike. I mean, everybody that was on this list and even uh, people and horses that weren't on this list certainly deserve consideration for these awards. The six categories, race call of the year, Iron Horse of the Year, Small Stable Award of the Year, Race Fan of the Year, the Upset of the Year, and the Horsewoman of the Year. And as a matter of fact, that is going to be our first award announced. So when we come back after this timeout, we're going to announce the 2015 Horsewoman of the Year. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Stay tuned. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Give your horse the winning touch with MagnaWave, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. It relieves pain, improves movement, stimulates acupuncture points, reduces inflammation. Get immediate results. Call the Essential Touch LLC Certified MagnaWave Practitioner, 302-922-0917. Get the winning touch. The votes have been counted, and it's now time to name the runner-up and the winner of the 2015 Horsewoman of the Year. Let's review the nominees one final time. Emily Gaskin. 
Vicki DeSomer, Maria Rice, Hannah Miller, Joanne Looney King. And the runner-up for the 2015 Horsewoman of the Year is... Joanne Looney King is our runner-up. And the winner of the 2015 Horsewoman of the Year is... Hannah Miller. Mike, uh, joining us now is Hannah Miller, who is uh, taking our Horsewoman of the Year. Hannah, thanks for joining us tonight. Yes, thanks for having me. Hannah, congratulations. It was uh, certainly a fantastic year, certainly an award that you definitely deserve. Take us a little bit uh, back through the year and uh, some of your thoughts as the year progressed for you. Oh, yeah, thank you, by the way. It w- it was a, a phenomenal year. I never expected, you know, anything like this or even to be nominated for this award, but it was an awesome year, you know, starting out when I had a I had a bunch of series. I won a, a series at Monticello that led me to a trip to Spain, you know, I had my first win at the Meadowlands, followed by a couple other wins there, and that was amazing. Uh, I won the Eastern Final Regional at Poconos, and I wish I won the Billings Final, but I didn't get there, so I have some goals for next year, that's for sure. Well, Hannah, 2016 is coming up. Obviously, you've taken all of us by storm this year. Um, you've got your uh, own horses as well as, you know, you've been driving in the amateur series. Are we going to see you more in the paramutual set or not paramutual, but maybe not so amateur? Or are you going to stick with the uh, stick with the amateur races this year? You know, I, I plan on definitely sticking with the amateur races, although, you know, I do own a couple of them myself. I, I wouldn't mind driving a couple of my own horses in a regular race to sit freehold or something. I think that would be all right. Hannah, talk about uh, how influential your family has been. Your boyfriend, Nick Surick, um, your the Miller family, well-renowned of the sport of harness racing. They've been right there for you since the word go. Oh, absolutely. My family's always there for me. Uh, Nick has done everything. You know, he's the one behind the scenes, you know, making the phone calls, lining up the horses, getting them to the right track. He's done so much, finding the right horses for me to drive. And my family just supports me. You know, they every time I'm upset or anything, I call them or, or I ask my parents or my brother for advice, and they're always there for me, no matter what the situation is. Now, Hannah, before you sit behind a horse, and we know you're an amateur, you're an amateur, although you're you're a veteran in in some cases because I mean you've been around horses for so long. Before a race, when you sit down in a race bike, do you still get the butterflies? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I more get the butterflies before the race, you know, like right leading up to the race. But as soon as I kind of sit in the bike, I get a feel for the horse, you know, the first lap or two around the track, then I feel much better. You know, the butterflies go away and go in behind the gate and I'm fine. It's just more like building up to it is when I get really nervous. Well, Hannah, we both, uh, me and Mike both want to congratulate you. Uh, you received a ton of votes, and we are, uh, we're super excited for you. And uh, we're actually getting ready to take a quick commercial break, uh, but stick, stay on the line with us, Hannah. I want to get a little bit of information from you. But uh, I'll tell you what, okay. Mike, we got a, a, a George Teague is coming up after the commercial break, and I'll tell you what, I can't wait for that interview. 
No, we've got a bunch of good interviews. The show is just starting. Congratulations to our 2015 Horsewoman of the Year, Hannah Miller. When we come back, we'll have George Teague with us. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also, so on Twitter at PT Mike and Mike One. All right, we're back at post time with Mike and Mike. Our first award was handed out, Horsewoman of the Year. Congratulations to Hannah Miller. Also, Mike, uh, before we get uh, any more deep into this award show, our good friends at Essential Touch are offering us a terrific value. Listen up now. For all your Essential Touch needs, 20% off if you go to Essential Touch and mention that you heard it here on the Post Time with Mike and Mike show. So when you get there, when you call, when you decide to make that purchase with Essential Touch, all you have to do is say, hey, I heard it on Post Time with Mike and Mike, and boom, just like that, 20% off. Can you beat that deal? I'll tell you what, you couldn't make it any easier. 20% 20% off just for uh, just for saying, hey, I heard it on the show. And I'll tell you what, they really want to reward our listeners. And that is a big, big thing uh, that our sponsors have allowed us to uh, do is reward our listeners with some stuff. Uh, we've got some great prizes to give away tonight. Um, and we'll go over the uh, vote totals uh, for Horsewoman of the Year here in uh, just a second as well, Mike. Yeah, certainly we've got some prizes to give away throughout the night. And also listen in because we uh, have our continuing series with Anthony McDonald of thestable.ca, and we received quite a few emails. Now, if your email of question to Anthony about thestable.ca is read on the air, we're going to send you a Captain Corey Callahan bobblehead. And real quick, we certainly appreciate the donation of the prizes by the Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. They were kind enough to give us some prizes to give to you fine folks here tonight. So uh, we certainly appreciate that. So keep it locked. We're going to play these four segments uh, throughout the program, and they're all questions from you, the race fan, via email. We've been doing that the last couple of days of social media. And uh, if your question is read to Mr. McDonald on the air, you're going to receive a Corey Callahan bobblehead, Mike. I'll tell you what, that's awesome. And uh, if you're going to, if you're talking about the show, let's get some chatter up about the show. Use post time awards on social media, and uh, we're going to give out a few uh, few great prizes as the night goes on. Well, Mike, uh, let's let's take a look at the vote totals because uh, I know everybody's probably interested in, uh, you know, who got what and things of that sort. So these are going to be read in no particular order. Uh, Emily Gaskin received 82 votes. Hannah Miller received 233. Joanne Looney King received 107. Maria Rice, 92. And Vicky DeSommer at 75. I'll tell you what. How about that, buddy? That, that was uh, some big numbers. And I'll tell you what. I am super, super, super impressed by all of the uh, by all the people who voted because I tell you what we were not expecting how many votes that we received. No, and and like I say, I mean everybody that was nominated for Horsewoman of the Year and all the horsewomen out there that that uh, you know just work hard 
uh, throughout the course uh, of the year and the years gone by. They all deserve awards, and uh, congratulations to Hannah Miller. But right now, Mike, we uh, are joined by our good friend George Teague. He's the uh, owner of the year, and uh, George, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, wiggle it, jiggle it, our good buddy. Boy, he got a lot of awards, and uh, and your son, Montreal, got the Rising Star of the Award. You got the uh, Owner of the Year Award. It has to be feel, uh, feel good to be adding on all this hardware. Yeah, we better make some plans. How are we going to get them all home for the, on the plane? Not a bad thing. Yeah, George, it has been a spectacular year. Uh, how do you how do you sum it up? I mean, is, is it uh, – I'm trying to think of the word uh, maybe life-changing – uh, just can you sum up the whole year in itself? You know, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I got exposed to it about 12 years ago, Rainbow Blue, and it was kind of a, a similar ride. I mean, she was only defeated in one time, which was exceptional. But along comes this horse about 10, 12 years later and, and, you know, bring Montreal into the equation, which made it obvious a lot more fun for me. I bred the horse. You know, I own him 100% myself. And it was a lot of good things um that come of it. And, and more of anything else, the, the accolades go most to Montreal and, and the horse himself. I, you know, I just long for the ride this time. George, one of the great things about Wiggle It Jiggle, and we talked about it with Montreal, I think we talked about it with you a couple of months ago when we had you on the show, is the endurance. And this is what I think people are going to look back. When they look back on Wiggle It Jiggle It, they're going to look back at the fact that, you know, we have the Iron Horse Award tonight, and I'll tell you, Wiggle It Jiggle It, you talk about an Iron Horse, there's an Iron Horse right there. How were you guys able to maintain his form from the early part of the year, talking January, all the way to this point? You know, that's a luxury. You know, I've, I've, I've had a, a, a good runs and I've had bad runs, and I've had the luxury of training horses that were, of good horses and managing them and, and picking your spots are, are very important. And, and how you train them in between is very important because you don't want to leave too much on the training track and you, and you want to make sure you show up and maximize every race to the fullest. And and Clyde has done a wonderful job of that. You know, myself, uh, the Clyde Francis and, and Montreal Tig, believe it or not, kind of managed how he was trained and how he was scheduled in. So it, it's just, just a very, very big accolade to the horse because, you know, right away we kind of recognized that this horse's stamina was like no other. His speed was like no other, and and uh, his intelligence was was crazy good. Only thing he had was a problem with soreness. And as the season got further along, we kind of fixed the problem, and and uh, it was smooth sailing towards the end of the year, but it was towards the beginning in the middle. Now, George, obviously he's uh, taking a break now. Uh, what's a day in the life for Wiggly Jiggly currently uh, in the off season? You know, he, you know, he's, believe it or not, it's been four and a half weeks already since his uh, last race and he's been turned out in the field. You know, we kind of pick up spots there accordingly. I don't want to do nothing crazy, have him slip in the mud or, or, or run across the field injuring himself. So we kind of turn him out at the right time of the day when there ain't a whole lot of action. Bring him in midday. He's only up for several hours and, uh, and they don't really go out every day because we've had a lot of rain, so we've just been a little bit careful with him. But, no, he's, he's really enjoyed it. I mean, he's probably bulked up 100 pounds in such a quick time. So, you know, he's going to put up a lot of weight, and he'll have to grow a little bit to compete against next year. But I, I think he'll move into the transitional stage from, from three to four pretty good. George, we talked about the whole family thing and how big – and I think that's – I was talking a little bit off the air uh, before the show – and I think that's what makes Wiggle It Jiggle It such a fan favorite. Not only the accomplishments on the racetrack, which of course are many, 
but the fact that you know you guys are so easy to root for it's such a a great family experience talk a little bit about some of the people maybe that don't get the accolades uh, that they deserve that work behind the scenes well thank you i really appreciate that part of it because uh you know my two girls uh, that uh, montreal sisters and uh they're they're involved into the to the office part they don't get onto the barn itself but they do all the interactions with the barn and then you got also my sister's been involved you know her and i've been um, stable at the same place. She got her stable, and I got mine. But we kind of work together, helping each other. And then you got Big Mike. That's you know he's he's been I don't know how long he's been working for me ever since he got out of high school. He he might have went a year or so to college, but he's been there for umpteen years. So you, you got people like you know, Tommy Kugel actually been there for ten plus years, and he actually he raised him and, and named him. And so you got a lot of people that was involved that's been there for quite a while. That's been in my stable. And, and that's when the family part comes in. But, you know, but I, I look forward to having the next generation of uh, of kids getting involved and being interested in such a fun thing to do. And, and um, you, know, you know, that's what I look forward to now. I'm 52, ain't old, but I'm not young either. And uh, I really look forward to the future for my kids and, and the kids in the game that, you know, hey, look, anybody can take a, a shot at this, and, and a horse can come from anywhere. I've proven it more than one time, and, and I'm not the only one that's proven that. Pretty Pete Pete's another one out there that, you know, with modest beginnings and, and turn out to be one of the best horses seen. So, you know, I mean, anybody can do this. Make it fun and involve people that are important to you, which I've done, and, and I've had a good run. Now, we asked Montrell the same question about a month ago when he was on the show, and I'm going to ask you because I want to see if the uh, answers are the same. Um, when did you know, deep down in your heart of hearts, that Wiggle It Jiggle It was a special horse? You know, we was training down the farm there, and, and mostly I always trained him myself. And, and the more we trained him, he never showed no weakness. Even training down, and, you know, I think back on it. And But, I, when I, you know, I've trained horses on my farm. is kind of new. It's kind of about six, seven years old. And I trained somewhere on Rainbow in 59, and she kind of was all up, lights on, horns blowing. She was full tilt. And, and, and I trained a horse named Easy Again, which was a real nice horse. I think I trained him in, like, I don't know, 57, 58. I trained this guy in 58 with age horses and was pulling him up. And, and and right that way, all the way down training, I never tapped him. I never asked him to go fast. And every time you, 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 you turn the right way, he just showed something that the other horses didn't have. So when I when I got to the Meadowlands last year and I had a game plan, I always heard all the critics, they were saying, well, he won't be around. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll figure out a little spot that'll fit him somewhere in, on the smaller tracks. And we was all laughing to ourselves like, man, they in for a big-ass surprise. <laughs> George, they I'll certainly tell- were. <laughs> George, I'll tell you what. I was in the announcer's booth at Northfield Park when you guys were at Harrington, and he put that 149 mile up. And I turned and I looked at my wife, and I said, I'm going to tell you right now, this horse is the real, real deal. Uh, we're looking, up, uh, looking ahead to 2016. Obviously, it's uh, New Year's Eve. What's what's in store for Wiggle Jiggle this year? You know what? We, we, he really, you know, I judge every horse accordingly. And, and he went, you know, his last uh, start was seemed to be as fresh as the one he started off with. He seemed even better. So I'm not going to give him farther off. You know, the plane's going to give him six weeks off, which we are in four and a half. Maybe my 10 days will start jogging him lightning and turn him out in the process. And we'll take it from there. I'm not sure if I'm going to leave you or not, but, and like I said before, it kind of runs into a tough situation with horses like this, sir, because it ain't always races for them. And I don't want right. to be caught following them a whole lot. So I'll just see what's out there, open available early on, and, 
and hoping I could find some place to race him because, look, I, you know, I, I like racing him, and, and obviously he likes racing. So, hey, we're ready to get it on again this year. Now, George, one more question for you real quick. Uh, you know, he seems so versatile on just about any racetrack. It doesn't matter whether it's on a half mile or a mile or seven-eighths. doesn't matter. What makes him so versatile on every different surface that other horses maybe are not so versatile? That's what I said about this guy, man. I've never trained a horse with this much ability with no weaknesses. He's got absolutely no weaknesses. The only weakness he had was he did stay sore, and there was a managerial part in between. Man, he picked his spots. And then we finally found out what was wrong with him, and, and we saw the progressiveness of him getting from work. And Northfield was his, was his worst night, uh, how sore he was. So taking that off the table, man, if he stays sound, this horse has got absolutely no weakness. He can come from off the pace. He can lead. And he can set up to the outside. He can do everything that great horses have done in the past. And, and look, I'll say it again. I don't think I've ever seen one any greater. George Teague, owner of the year, uh, owner of the fine horse, Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Listen, we certainly appreciate going on this ride with you in 2015, and we're looking forward to a very similar one in 2016, my friend. Okay, thank you guys for having me. All right, that was George Teague, owner of the year, owner of Wiggle It, Jiggle It, along with his family, trainer uh, Clyde Francis, Montreal Teague, just doing a fantastic job with this horse, and uh, congratulations to the Teague family for such a fantastic year. Well, what we're going to do now, and we want everybody to listen up, because we're going to have our first of four segments with uh, Anthony McDonald of thestable.ca, and if your question is read over the air via the email We'll go ahead and give you a Corey Callahan bobblehead. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Stick around. Once again, visiting with Anthony McDonald from thestable.ca, and we had an opportunity to uh, take some questions from the fans over the past couple of days. Uh, we asked for emails, questions for thestable.ca, and if your email gets read over the air, we'll send you a Corey Callahan bobblehead. We've got four outstanding questions that you'll hear throughout the course of the show. Now, we're sitting here with Anthony McDonald. The first question that we got was from Chris Stakansky. hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. And the question is, can you explain exactly what is covered in a monthly payment and what may be extra costs? And as a side note, Chris uh, says, tell Anthony I've made a lot of money wagering on him over the years. So there you go, Chris. you got some money to invest in the stable. But, Anthony, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. So that's a great question. It's one of the more difficult ones to answer. I'll try to make it as easy as I can. So what my wife and I have done is uh, put put all the bills of uh, any prospective stable in a flat rate. So what that means is rather than you paying for the and paying for the straw or paying for the bedding and the feed, we've put it all into a flat rate, um, made it very easy for everybody so everybody knows exactly what their payments are every month. So what, what a payment would be would uh, entail would be um, pay the feed, the hay, the shavings, um, shoeing of the horse that month, any of the care that goes on with the horse, any of the liniments, anything that you that that would go on in a day-to-day uh, aspect of a barn is covered under that. Now, the second part of that question is the the most important one. So, the things that aren't covered would be any surgeries that come up. And we had uh, an Ohio bred filly that. Uh, some gentlemen in Florida bought half of and a gentleman in London, Ontario bought the other half of and when we got her home from the sale in Ohio she seemed great, she gated okay but she seemed a little odd 
sometimes uh, she was a little tough to get trotting in the mornings first thing and I took her over I asked the gentleman if they would like to get her fluoroscoped now fluoroscoping is much like x-raying they go over your, the entire horse and tell you if there's any issues with the horse we'd taken the horse over to, to McMaster Equine just uh, down the road from us and what we found was this filly had a small OCD chip in her right knee and her left ankle and a small cyst in her stifle which sounds pretty substantial um, the prognosis without operating was um, less than 50-50. The prognosis of her achieving um, um, her best, let's say, uh, was quite a bit higher with operating, quite a bit higher. So, uh, again, these are costs that would be attributed, uh, the, these would be costs that would be over and above your uh, your monthly payment. So I, uh, what I did was I spoke to the owners. We agreed to go ahead with the operation, and her prognosis for racing is very, very good. The votes have been counted, and it's now time to name the runner-up and the winner of the 2015 Small Stable Award. First, let's review the candidates one final time. The McGibbon Stables, Dr. Ian Moore, Larry Reinheimer. James Clouser Jr., J.D. Perrin, and Joanne Mooney King. The runner-up for the 2015 Small Stable of the Year Award is... Joanne Looney King. And the winner of the 2015 Small Stable Award is... Larry Reinheimer. All right, we're back at post time with Mike and Mike. Congratulations to Larry Reinheimer's Small Stable of the Year. And this was a horse race. We had about three or four changes in leads before Larry Reinheimer and the Reinheimer Stables were finally able to take it. Larry, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your New Year's Eve to join us. Congratulations, my friend. Hey, thank you. <laughs> well, appreciate free, free, it. well, I'll tell you what, Larry. Freaky Feet Pete, what a tremendous year. Certainly came on. Uh, towards the end of the year, you have to be pleased with his performance, uh, especially. Oh yeah, we're super pleased with him. I mean, we've always been high on him, and he just raced super. He finished up good on us. Now, now, Larry, a lot of people um, haven't read some of the articles. I'm sure that I have that are listening to this show uh, about the beginnings of Freaky Feet Pete and uh, when you guys first laid eyes on him. Can you talk a little bit about uh, when you first laid eyes on this great horse? Well, when we first we started training, when we started training him down, and he was doing everything right, and we trained him with one of the age horses, was getting him ready to race, and all of a sudden I was training him, sitting on the outside, and when we pulled up the end of the, Mile, I told Marty, I said, we've got something here. 
I said, because you paced right away from him, and I was at a full horse left. I said, this goal will be nice, I think, and we'll keep on going with him. Now, Larry, looking ahead to 2016, uh, uh, you know, Freaky Feet Pete's got a lot in front of him, but what's he doing right now in the off time? Yeah, off time, he was just, we was turning him out in the lot, and it was, it's been raining and stuff and muddy. We didn't turn him out that much, but it felt good. He was raised a cane. He put on a couple hundred pounds, and we just started back with him now today. So he All right. his so, work. So, he wanted to be out with the others. What are we looking forward to in 2016? Do you have a, any kind of idea when you when you want to get him started? No, I want to have him started by here by the first of May. I now, talk about him. Larry, talk a little bit about what this horse meant for the the state of Indiana. I mean, here's a horse that uh, kind of come out of nowhere, especially he was a little bit localized, raced really well in the Indiana Sire Stakes, and he just kept winning. And the horse just kept winning, and uh, then he came to the Breeders' Crown, put on a heck of a show there. It has to mean a lot for the state of Indiana, and I'm, I'm from the state of Indiana. I know there's a lot of little places where you're going to, and, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody had to come up to you and say, hey, how's Pete today? Exactly. That's just, I mean, he put his name out there at, you couldn't go to the coffee shop, you couldn't any, or they were calling or texting you and asking him how he was, or when's his next race, and or he won a nice race. I mean, it, I just couldn't believe the following that he had. Different people that went to the racetrack that I had no idea, had any interest, and a lot of the people didn't have any idea what went on in Indiana until it came out in the paper and stuff, the articles on him. And then... Everything just ballooned, plus the family. I've got a couple sisters and stuff that one sister never did miss the race for him this year. And a lot of the kids, I've got three boys a day at the races with him. So it meant a well, lot to the family, too. You know, Pete's, Pete's a superstar, obviously, but uh, let's give some. How many other horses do, do you have currently racing? Uh, right now, I've currently got one other race, horse racing, and she's racing down to Florida right now. Okay, beautiful yeah. Pompano Park, enjoying the warm weather. Although yeah. the weather we've had up here hasn't been terrible. No, but she's racing good down there, and she raced good this year. I mean, if we wouldn't have Pete, we thought that we had a heck of a year with her. And so, I mean, we're real happy with both of them. Well, Larry, All right. well, oh, go ahead, sorry, Mike. Mike, go ahead. Now go right ahead. Well, Larry, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, it was a great, great run, and uh, it's going to be even uh, better in 2016. But what a joy, especially for me personally, to watch a horse come out of my home state and do so good and, and, and go up to Canada and kick some butt there. But, Larry, listen, we're going to let you get back to your New Year's Eve. We really appreciate you joining us. Okay, thank you. I appreciate. And actually, Larry, Larry, can I, Larry, can I, Larry, can I get you to hold on for one second because we got to get some information from you off the air. Okay, okay. All right. Well, that was Larry Reinheimer, Mike Freaky Feet Pete. What a great, great year that uh, Freaky Feet Pete had. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout. We're going to hear from our good friends once again at Essential Touch, and once again, listen up because if you go to Essential Touch. Uh, for all your massage needs or your horse uh, uh, therapy needs, 
make sure that you tell them that you heard it on the Post Time with Mike and Mike show, because if you do, you get 20% off. So that's right, 20% off if you tell them that you heard it here on the Post Time with Mike and Mike show. So we're going to hear from Essential Touch right now. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. Do you suffer from migraines, back pain? Do you have shoulder problems or sciatica? Treat yourself to a MagnaWave treatment. Call the Essential Touch at 302-922-0917. Like us on Facebook at The Essential Touch LLC and check out our website at TheEssentialTouchLLC.com. We are certified in human treatments as well as equine. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you what, it has been a fantastic night uh, so far. It's the New Year's Eve award show. And uh, Mike, coming up next here in just a few minutes uh, is Hall of Famer Dave Miller. And I'll tell you what, the Buckeye has had one fantastic year. And I can't wait to talk to him about his battle with Wiggle It, Jiggle It and Lost for Words. Well, we're going to have to ask him which nickname he prefers, the Buckeye or the Purple Jesus. I've heard both of them mentioned quite a bit, but I'll tell you, I use the Hall of Famer because, in my opinion, uh, you know, I think that speaks volumes. So we're going to hear from him in a second. But, uh, Mike, if you want to backtrack to the Small Stable Awards, do you have those vote totals in front of you? Because it was quite a horse race. I did, and uh, we, I'll tell you, it was really a horse race. Ian Moore led for a very, very, very long time. And, uh, you know, Ian Moore, <clears throat> excuse me, Ian Moore had 100 votes. James Clouser had 49. J.D. Perrin had 67. Joanne Looney King really came back strong, 104. Uh, of course, Larry Reinheimer, he had 126. And Mickey and Cheryl McGivern, the McGivern stable, had 95. All right. Still to come, uh, racing fans, we uh, still have the upset of the year. Uh, to announce the award winner and the runner-up. We also have the Race Fan of the Year, the Race Call of the Year. That's certainly going to be interesting, as well as the Iron Horse of the Year. So we have still four awards yet to announce on this marathon edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. And also, we certainly want you to stick around and listen for your emails, uh, because uh, we chose four different emails for Anthony McDonald from the thestable.ca uh, to uh, answer, and if those questions are answered on the air, you will receive a Corey Callahan bobblehead, so make sure you listen up for that as well. And also recapping, for those of you that missed the first part of the show, um, a sad, sad note, one of the um, one of the, uh, the uh, candidates for Race Fan of the Year, uh, Mr. Ted Barkas, uh, passed away uh, yesterday. Now, we know that he was uh, certainly in a battle with uh, cancer, a longtime uh, fan, race fan, used to go to the uh, Little Brown Jug, used to uh, go to uh, Delaware, Ohio, wouldn't miss a, a race there, and uh, got quite close with uh, Indiana horsewoman uh, Stacy Ruddock, and she was kind of keeping us up to date on the the, uh, the situation with Ted Barkas, and it's just a, a 
boy, I'll tell you, it's kind of at a loss for words for Ted. But what is going to happen in from this point forward and uh, from all of our uh, award shows going forward, Ted Barkas uh, will have his name forever stamped on that Race Fan of the Year Award, Mike, is because now it will be named the Ted Barkas Race Fan of the Year Award. I'll tell you what, and a lot of people stood up and, uh, you know, they sent him Christmas cards. And I'll tell you, I hope, uh, like, I don't know. It looked like we might have lost uh, Michael Carter. Well, listen, it's it's him having technological problems for a change. I'm usually the one that has some tech, technological problems. But anyway, um, the obituary is out there. I believe it's out there on social media. So anybody that would still like to send cards or send their condolences uh, to Ted Barkas, uh, you can go ahead and do so uh, at this time. But what we're going to do, we're going to have a little bit of a change of plans. We're going to go to uh, Anthony McDonald and www.thestable.ca. Now, once again, listen in, because if your your uh if your question is asked over the air you are going to win a Corey Callahan bobblehead so we certainly want you to stick around and listen and we still have three more of these segments to go and we're going to have segment number 2 right now back with Anthony McDonald of the stable.ca Anthony our next question comes from Earl did not leave a last name but here is his question. If a horse I have a percentage in gets claimed, how does that work? And do you recommend buying small shares of numerous horses, or do you think it would be more profitable to just buy a bigger share of one horse? What say you, Anthony? Well, I guess it's the same as investing. If, if you're going to – you can either spread your money across the market or you can, uh, you can um, park it under one banner, so to speak. Um, we have a lot of people that buy lots of pieces of horses and we have some people that, that put all their money into one horse. So, um, it's different and it's similar in, in both cases. If, if you feel that, uh, there's one horse, I mean, we're talking about Christmas time of the yearling year. So it, it, anybody has as much of a chance of guessing which ones are going to be the best of the bunch as much as I do. I can tell you who does their work properly. I can tell you who doesn't do their work ex- expertly properly right now, but that means nothing when they roll behind the gate next June or July, hopefully. They all have to overcome certain obstacles, and, and none of which they've they've been thrown in front of just yet. So it would be hard for, for me to say go one way or the other. As far as being claimed, again, we don't race any racehorses right now. They will be racing next year, and hopefully they won't find themselves into two-year-old claimers, but if they do, uh, the choice to put them in that that to that class would, again, have to be a complete consensus on everybody. Nobody can have their money ripped up underneath them, and putting a horse in a claimer is the same as putting it up for sale, and everybody has to be in agreement on, uh, on the directionality of the horse. So that would have to be a discussion um, that I would have to have with the group or, or the trainer. Again, um, we've set it up so that um, there's no ties directly to the stable.ca when the horse begins to race. If if the group of owners decides to move the horse at any time, they're more than welcome to. There's no strings attached. So um, if we do have, if I do have this horse with my wife in training next year, it will be uh, it will be under the under the stipulation that everybody is is completely on board at, at all uh, at all crossings. Well, it looks like Mike is still having some uh, problems out there. Mike, you there? 
Oh, Mike's having issues. Mike's having problems. Well, anyway, we still have a lot to come on the show with or without our good friend Mike Carter, uh, who will hopefully uh, hook up and join us again in uh, just a couple of minutes. We still have a lot of awards to announce. Uh, Upset of the year is coming up. Mike, you there? No, nah, it looks like we he's still going. But anyway, we're going to have the upset of the year. That's coming up in a few minutes. We'll also have um, the Iron Horse of the Year Award. We've got some tremendous candidates for that. A good close voting, by the way, in uh, the rest of the categories coming up. Race Fan of the Year and, of course, Race Call of the Year. We're going to hear from our good friend uh, Roger Houston, the voice of the Little Brown Jug. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Dave Miller may join us, uh, Hall of Fame driver. And, of course, we have our breakout award winner, Gabe Pruitt, he's going to join us as well. So once again, what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll have our upset of the year. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by friends of Maryland Standard Bread. Stick around. Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at PT Mike and Mike One. The votes have been counted, and it's now time to announce the runner-up and winner of the 2015 Upset of the Year. Let's review the nominees one final time. Jada Queens, 371-1 win at Rosecroft. Wakazashi Hanover's upset win in the Pepsi North American Cup. Delta Winners upset in the Cane. Hemi Sealsters upset in the Good Times. And Rocket and Heavens upset in the Empire Breeders Classic. The runner-up for the 2015 Upset of the Year is... Delta winner. And the winner of the 2015 Upset of the Year award is... Wakazashi Mike, I'll tell you what, this was another very, very close one. Upset of the year. It was Wakazashi Hanover versus Delta winner. And uh, Jada Queen, I'll tell you what, Jada Queen put in a very strong effort as well, Mike. But Wakazashi Hanover is the 2015 Upset of the Year award winner. Now, did you have $2 to show on Jada Queen? I just want to get there. Set the record straight. There have been some rumors that you had $2 to show on Jada Queen. And I said, are you kidding me? 317 to 1. Mike would have probably thought he was 1 to 1 and made that mistake because I know you like to bet the favor. Mike, I'm just kidding you. Congratulations 
to Wakazashi Hanover, upset of the year in the Pepsi North American Cup, and we're joined now by Joanne Looney King. Joanne, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Mm, I, I'm so thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> well, Joanne, take us through the upset. Take us through the Pepsi North American Cup day. I know it was a big celebration. Well, you know, that night it was so funny, but my husband was so sure of himself. And, you know, I'm always a little apprehensive, but he just knew we could win that night. And I, I was really nervous. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, if I'm second, you know, that, that that's okay. But when that horse, Kim just drove in perfect, of course, uh, pulled in just at the right time. When that horse popped out of that hole and went by, wiggled, jiggled, uh, I was just beside myself. I can still feel my heart. Something as I walked down to that winter circle with all those happy faces and to see that wonderful horse who has done so much for us. It's, it's just uh, beyond words to win a race like that. It's everybody's dream. It's everybody's dream. Now, Joanne, turning for home, uh, I, I had, I'll tell you what, I had Wakazashi bet over Wiggle and Jiglet, and uh, it wasn't a show bet <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> but uh, I, I will say this, turning for home, I, I was really impressed by the way Wakazashi was tracking Wiggle and Jiglet. Was there any concern at all during the race that maybe he wouldn't get off the rail or that he was making, maybe making a move too early? Or did, did it just seem like everything was going perfect that night? Uh, everything just went just went great. And uh, when Kim took him out of the gate, you know, people talk about how good Wiggler can lead. And, of course, he can. But Walkie can lead, too. And, of course, the front end is not, not his favorite spot, although he's had to be there a few times. But at, when he, in that last turn, I could just see him. And then, like I said, Kim didn't pull him real early. He kept right behind Wiggle as long as he could. And when he pulled in that, he exploded. And I can still... <laughs> Still see him passing that horse. Uh, just, uh, just, just a tremendous feeling, self-satisfaction, pride, and, and extreme happiness. So, and this is even, this is great. This is great that people voted for this. That he, it was the upset. He's just such a wonderful horse. Now, Joanne, you've got another pretty nice horse too, by the name of Perfect Bags, that uh, done a lot of damage here <laughs> in 2015. Why don't you talk a little bit about that horse? Okay. Um, well, of course, pretty much know how I got her. Went to the sale to buy to buy a, a weanling, came back with a yearling, and forgot that I had owned her mother who couldn't go in 213. And when my husband <laughs> said, uh, hey, you, you, you know who her mother is, right? And I said, no. Uh, he says, well, you owned her. He says, remember? Well, as a matter of fact, we never even got the qualifier. She couldn't even go fast enough to go to qualifying race. I was I was disappointed. And I said, ah, you know, $2,000, uh, you know, just doesn't matter. But we started training her, and she just she was just a natural from day one. Just 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 a natural. Everybody had big plans from her right from the start. And I remember going to Yonkers for the um, Lismore in May. She was overlooked big time by you know because Sasa was in there and uh, all the good well not all but there were several good fillies in there. Bedroom concessions uh, they were there. And, uh, you know, she got no attention until right right when she won. And I remember that Victor told me that uh, <clears throat> Georgie Brennan said, who was that? You know, she went by me like a rocket. So they, they were, they, everybody was quite impressed with her from that point on because that was when she started to be able to, we knew she could go with some of the better, the better fillies, which was a thrill, of course. 
Now, Joanne, uh, I tell you what, I saw Perfect Sex at The Courageous Lady, and, I, you know, I talked with Ayers Ratliff before The Courageous Lady, and he, he said, you know, poor Joanne, she's come down here twice, <laughs> and twice she's drawn the A-hole. And, you know, I, I just I felt bad for you that night, but she really raced well. Um, what is the what is the – Going forward to 2016, uh, let's talk about Wakazashi and Perfect Bags. Uh, what's what's the future hold for these two? Well, they're both kind of in the same bag there with their four-year-olds. They've got to go up against the, the, the big the big boys and the big girls. It's going to be real tough. It's going to be real tough for Waki because he's, he, you know, he's going to race with. He's got to go back with Wiggle. There's <laughs> going to be Nikki. We've got all those. Oh, and that's not the only two. I'm, I'm just leaving. You know, they a great bunch. It's a great bunch of horses, and he's got to go with them. And, uh, you know, we know it's not going to be like last year, but uh, we hope it's going to be fun, and we hope it's going to be good, and it's the same thing for Bags. She's got to go up against the big girls. I don't know that she does her best work on a big track, but I think she can learn a little bit about going more on a big track. She loves a, she loves a half mile because that's where she's right. She's always raced in Dover. Dover's got a short stretch, but I think she can learn to do it. We're Going to put her in a few stake races and maybe taper to Yonkers a few times. Uh, we don't, we don't, we won't over race her, and kind of hope that uh, you know, kind of keep looking forward to the next best thing. But uh, that that we we know it's going to be tough as four year olds, but uh, we're ready for that. Joanne, let's give some prop to the owners, the the little stable, uh, the Wakizashi Hanover. Let's talk about them for a little bit. Uh, you mean the Tri County Stable? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they're 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 a great bunch. Uh, of course, we do most of our dealings with Bruce, who is the the kind of the head of that group. And uh, no matter where that horse finishes, no matter how he does, Bruce comes back to the paddock with a smile on his face and happy happy just to be there. And that's the kind of owner that really makes really makes for a a, a good situation. And the other, uh, of course, you know that some of the other owners, they that was their first horse. But for Bruce and Percy Bunnell, they had been in the business for some time with just horses that could barely go at Truro up in uh, Nova Scotia. So, you know, this is this has been great for them. And of course, the guys that this is their first horse, I don't know how you top it. So I, I hope that uh, I hope that they they can, <laughs> you know, they they put couple more colts and uh, the, 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 this is this has just been so good for everybody it, I just can't I just can't even explain and and look I'm 69 who do you know that 69 is at the top of their so-called career in the horse business very few and especially a woman so there you go you can here, here I am and I'm and I couldn't be happier I couldn't be happier this is such a thrill and this is a thrill tonight too well, Joanne, it's certainly a, a pleasure watching uh, both Wakazashi Hanover and Perfect Banks do their thing here in uh, 2015. Now, uh, let's give some props to some of the people behind the scenes that, that work hard, maybe some of the caretakers and people that don't get the headlines. Well, Phil, he, of course, takes care of Wakazashi. Phil would not leave the state of Delaware. So when we got ready to go on the road, Phil comes up and he said, got a passport. And I said, you're going on the road with this? Horse? Oh, yeah, I'm going with this. Horse. I said, Phil, you, you feel uncomfortable when you leave the county. So so Phil has done a great job with this horse. And his wife, Kate, she uh, takes care of bags. And uh, she takes care of the horses just like she owns them. And when you get a caretaker that cares for horses like they own them, you have something that's gold. 
and they just don't come along all the time. So Sue and Kate have been instrumental in both those horses doing well. They're just absolutely great. They just don't make them like that anymore. And Wakazashi's relaxed and he's taking the winner off. What's uh, the Joanne Looney King stables doing? Are they, you guys taking the winner off too, pretty much? Just relaxing? Got any vacations planned or anything? We don't take anything off. My my, my husband's a workaholic. We're racing at Dover, of course. Uh, <clears throat> down, and I knew that. I knew that answer. You know, Joanne, I knew that answer was coming. By the way, <laughs> but That's I, why will I, had tell you, you. I will tell you. I will tell you. I did just get back from Arizona. I go to Arizona for a week every Christmas. I go hiking up in the mountains, and I just uh, I, I eat Mexican food. Uh, my husband stays home. Uh, he has to. Somebody has to stay home. We can't both leave at the same time. So I do take a week at Christmas. It's always kind of a little bit of a relaxing week. We're let down a little bit. I'm not missing anything. So other than that, oh, and we're going up to. Um, Canada in February, you know, Wakasashi is nominated for uh, the Joel Bryant Award, which, uh, oh, God, that's a thrill. He's up against Art Speak, so that's also a thrill. And, look, I knew Joe O'Brien. I knew him. He, he was a nice guy. Well, that's Joanne, hopefully you can add to your hardware. Listen, hopefully you can add to your hardware up there. And you've had a, you know, you've had a big night at the polls here. You got two runner-ups, and uh, of course the win here with Wakazashi Hanover in the upset of the year. Joanne, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. From all of us to you guys, have a very happy New Year, and we're so looking forward to uh, 2016. Oh, I thank you so much, and you guys are doing such a good job. You have a nice show, and I'm so appreciative of this. I'm so appreciative. Thank you. All right, Joanne, Joanne, before we let you go, now don't hang up yet. Before we let you go, we want to talk to you off the air because we want to get your uh, address so we can send you out this uh, certificate, okay? Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, hold on one second. That was uh, Joanne Looney King, uh, Wakazashi Hanover getting the upset of the year. And like we said, Mike, she she's had a pretty good, uh, pretty good night in the polls. A lot of people voted for her, two runners-up. Uh, to the Horsewoman of the Year and the Small Stable of the Year. And, of course, she takes the upset of the year with Wakazashi Hanover. Not too bad. I'm like, yeah, man, I tell you, she she's had a great night at the polls. That uh, you know, two second places and a win. I, you know, I wish I could have that when I was doing my show bets. Come on. <laughs> yeah, right. Take us to break, Carter. <laughs> all right. Well, first, before we go to break, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, of course, Anthony McDonald and uh, the Stable uh, who sponsor us week in and week out with his testimonial. We'd like to thank Essential Touch uh, for sponsoring us as well. They've been running a couple of ads every show. And, of course, our main friends of Maryland Standard Bread. And that's what we're going to hear from next here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. Friends of Maryland Standard Bread is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The votes have been counted, and it's now time to announce the runner-up and the winner of the 2015 Post Time with Mike and Mike Race Call of the Year Award. One final time, a review of the finalists. Ken Middleton's call in the Breeders' Crown at Woodbine. Way back, it's Boston Red Rocks on the front row side over the green monster. Here's Boston Red Rocks. Sam McKee in the Valley Victory. 
Doggone lucky. Make or miss. is charging hard on the outside at the line. Very tight. James Witheride in the Empire Breeders Classic. Majors giving chase in the arsenal, splitting rivals deepest out of better hat plate on the scene. Up to the line, Rocket in Heaven, reaching Rocket in Heaven. Roger Houston's call of the Little Brown Jug. Ken Warkinson in the cane. Dave Miller and Delta winner. You've got a winner at 26 to 1 in the cane. Delta winner. Pete Medhurst, 374 to 1 winner at Rosecrone. Here's Ratliff, the Battle of Lake Erie. Runner-up for the 2015 Race Call of the Year Award is Sam McKee's Call of the Valley Victory at the Meadowlands. And the winner of the 2015 Post Time with Mike and Mike Race Call of the Year Award is Houston and the call of the Little Brown Jug. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what, I was there on that day when Roger Houston made that call, and uh, I'll tell you what, that was an epic, epic stretch tool and one of the greatest race calls I have ever heard. Well, it certainly was, and you know, you could say that about a lot of Rogers' calls. As a matter of fact, I was thinking today that if this uh, award show was here for the last ten or fifteen or twenty years, and we did race call of the year, he might be a perfect fifteen fifty for fifteen for fifteen twenty for twenty. You know, I mean, it's just so many great race calls uh, by Roger Houston. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I think he's the voice of harness racing. That's the way I describe him. And another fantastic race call, just sending chills down your spine in the great, great matchup between uh, Lost for Words and uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It in that final heat. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from Dave Miller. If we don't hear from Dave before the end of the show, maybe we'll reschedule him on. He, uh, we'll reschedule him uh, maybe to a future show because I certainly want to get his take on what that matchup was like with Lost for Words and Wiggle It, Jiggle it. But nonetheless, congratulations to Roger. All fantastic, fantastic race calls, Mike. This was tough. You know, I mean, Ayers, Battle of Lake Erie. Unbelievable call, Mike. Unbelievable call, the emotion in that particular race. I'll tell you what, Mike, and I'm a little biased because Ayers is a very close personal friend of mine and I just uh, recently started working out there at Northfield Park. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, he, he was very deserving to be in this category. And everybody was deserving. I mean, you know, Sam McKee, Ken Warkenden, Ken Middleton, Roger Houston, it's hard to, it, it's hard to even grasp, you know, the people that uh, – you know, the people that you're uh, nominated with. And uh, let's take a quick uh, look at the uh, vote totals while we're waiting on Roger Houston. Roger is going to actually be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And Ayers Ratliff, he scored 57 votes. Uh, James Witherite scored 51 votes. Uh, Ken Middleton with 44. Ken Warkenden with 34. 
Pete Medhurst with 31, Roger Houston with 235, and Sam McKee had 60. So Sam McKee and Ayers Ratliff were, uh, were battling it out for the minor spoils there, Mike. Yeah, certainly. But like I say, all great race calls. And these were all nominated by you, the fans, voted by you, the fans. So congratulations to Roger Houston, 235 uh, votes to get the job done in the race call of the year. Once again, we'll have Roger on in just a moment. But just a couple of things uh, we want to talk about coming forward. Don't forget, we still have a couple of segments of Anthony McDonald, thestable.ca. Listen for your question, those of you that emailed. And if your question gets announced over the air to Anthony McDonald, we're going to send you a Corey Callahan bobblehead. So stick around for that. Also, we still have the Breakthrough Award winner, Gabe Pruitt. He's going to join us a little bit later on the show as well as a foray of other guests but uh, once again the vote totals roger houston at 235 taking it done and uh, and taking it down and mike like i say it was a terrific terrific uh uh, competition there a lot of great race calls definitely and uh joining the program now is our good friend and the winner of the race call of the year our friend roger houston roger how are you (laughs) all right listen hold on for a second Roger. No, hold on. We got to get him uh, over here. Yeah, well, now we've got him. We've got him right here. Our our good friend, Roger Houston, the winner. Roger, you with us? I'm here. here. You got me? Ah, we got you, my friend, loud and clear. The golden tones, that terrific voice, a voice that cannot be mistaken anywhere at all. You know, Roger, I got to ask you a question. When you go to, like, the grocery store or anything and and, and people kind of hear your voice around town there, do, do, do they recognize that voice? They have to. I was at the Giant Eagle getting groceries, uh, I guess maybe three or four weeks ago, and there was a woman in line behind me. And I, I, I mean, all I said to the clerk was, uh, uh, here's my Advantage card. She says, are you Roger Houston? <laughs> so, yeah, some people do. But, you know, it, a lot, I've been around a long time, and uh, so – and on TV every day for the Meadows Live broadcast, going to a million homes and uh, in western Pennsylvania. And I've been at the Meadows for, what, 46 years? And uh, it, it, It's recognizable, and I'm, I'm glad it is. Now, Roger, I was there for the Little Brown Jug. I actually got to sit out and talk with you before the jug a little bit. And, yeah. You know, turn, turn in for home. What what was he what was going through your mind? I know I couldn't hear myself think. I can only imagine what the feeling was like for you. Well, it, it, it starts early in the race, you know, because uh, the the lead up to it, the the two eliminations and such. But from the get go, uh, at least uh, past the quarter, when Montrell tipped to the outside with Wiggler Jiggler and went after Lost for Words and David Miller. Uh, most of that next half of a mile, they were head-to-head, toe-to-toe, and stride for stride and everything. And down the backside, I made the change uh, uh, from a battle that this is a war. And I was kind of disappointed at the top of the lane when it looked like Wiggler Jiglet was packing it in and lost words actually opened up about a half, three-quarters of a length. And then all of a sudden... You just saw a, a, a revitalized wiggle it, jiggle it, closing in. And the question was, do he have enough of a racetrack? And right at the very wire, all I could say was, a final surge! And that's what it was, it was a final surge, and he gets up by a nose. Uh, you don't plan any of those things in advance. What takes place on the racetrack 
you describe. And uh, it, 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 this was an unbelievable moment. Uh, I probably got to the winter circle this year faster than I've ever got uh, there because it was such a great race that I, I – I could, from my viewpoint, I knew it was Wiglet Jiglet, but I didn't want to say it until they put the numbers up. But I really meant it when I said, "There's, there's no loser today." Uh, Lost for words and David Miller, they just got beat today, but they're not a loser because of the effort they had. And of course, uh, Wiglet winning the race and such uh, added to it. And, uh, course of the year and everything like that that developed, and it was just a very emotional day for me, even though it's, there's been a lot of little brown jugs, uh, the race itself, there was no doubt in my mind that it was the greatest little brown jug in the history of harness racing, and if not, it just might have been the greatest race in all of harness racing, when you stop and think about it. I'll tell you what, you're not going to get many arguments about that, Roger. What a great race it was. Now, you've got a little bit of a different view from the Little Brown Jug as opposed to a typical announcer at a, a racetrack. You're on, you're in the infield. Talk a little bit about how that is to call a race from technically in the infield. Well, you got to remember that back the announcing, I was announcing all of my races in the infield at county fairs uh, all over Ohio. Uh, so I became quite accustomed to that location. The only problem that uh, that you really have about announcing in the winter circles because you got to make complete turnarounds, and is uh, you, you want to be sure you don't uh, trip over your microphone cord that gets wrapped around your legs. Uh, that's your main concern. At Delaware, the one major concern is where the sun sets is right at the top of the stretch, and anything after five o'clock you have to deal with the sun uh looking straight into it and picking up the horses and uh it can cause a lot of problems but uh i'm very much used to uh announcing in the infield in fact is when i went up to prince edward island for their big horse race and uh, i didn't call the uh, gold cup and saucer but i called other races they had an infield judges stand and they don't use it anymore, and they thought it would be a great idea if I go out and call the races in the infield. So I had a wireless microphone, and I was able to call uh, the races that I did where the public could actually see it uh, walking around the, the judges' stand with a, a wireless microphone. So uh, there's no really other channel challenges except getting used to uh, the environment, and uh, believe me, the, the cord of the microphone is the biggest problem. Now, Roger, uh, you've been to overseas, you've been all over the place, but here lately you've been calling the Vincent Delaney Memorial. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, what it means to be able to go over there and call those races. I have so much respect for horsemen uh, in Europe, especially uh, I want to emphasize two countries, Wales and, and Ireland. Uh the purses are not very great. In some of the races, they only pay first and second money for one reason or another. That's in the way they do it. But the dedication of those people in Wales and Ireland and their love for harness racing, uh, it uh, really gets to you. And the very first year, I, I've, I've gone the last two years, and I'm, I'm going back again this year for the third year, 
uh, I've developed so many friends in Ireland and Wales and uh, over the last uh, few years that uh, their dedication just is unbelievable. Uh, they can't make a lot of money. There's no way they can make a lot of money. However, in the last few years, especially under the leadership of Derek Delaney and um, some other individuals in Ireland, they have developed the Vincent Delaney Memorial, which is in honor of Derek's brother who died at a very young age. And it is the richest race that they have for two-year-olds in uh, in England, Scotland, Wales, or Ireland, that, those four countries all put together. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what the, the purse is, but it was something like $50,000. They have eliminations the day before on uh, Saturday, uh, Phillies in one division, Colts in the other division, and then the uh, fastest eight uh, come back for the final the next day. Uh, and it's it's some kind of a horse race, believe me. And, and the crowd is great, and everybody has a great time. This year, for the first time, they're actually going to have a Philly division of the race. And uh, so they won't have to race against the Colts this year. It'll be a Colt, uh, Vincent Lane tomorrow, and there'll also be another race for the Phillies. And uh, I'm just so happy that uh, they called me and said, would you do it? And it took me all of about two seconds to say yes. Roger, give us an approximate number uh, of race calls and racetracks. Now, how about the number of race calls and the number of racetracks you've called at? Uh, we're up to eight countries in the world. Wow. Uh, we did race number 170,000 last year, the, the last race we called at Dublin in Ireland. And right now, I don't have the figure with me, but we're almost to 171,000. I think we're maybe 50 or 60 races shy of 171,000. Uh, we've called at, I believe the figures, 134 different venues uh, worldwide. Uh, just like in Ohio, uh, we've called at 39 of the 65 county fairs over the years. And uh, my vacations each year are going someplace to announce other than the Meadows. And if the day is available and I can do it, I'll go anywhere to call a horse race because I I really have so much love for harness racing and, and things like that. It, uh, that. My whole life's around it, so to speak. The voice of family, racing. My whole family's involved in racing, too. That that helps a lot. Absolutely. It, it does help to have that support. You know, I make sure that when we, you know, get Hornsman on and everybody, we talk about the family and, and how, you know, supportive that, that they have been throughout this whole thing. Listen, Roger, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations, the 2015 Race Call of the Year by a wide margin. Uh, the little brown jug. Roger, can I get you to hold on? Because I want to uh, I want to get some uh, contact information from you to make sure we get the certificate out to you. 
Okay. Just I want to say one thing because I don't know if what I said at the very beginning made it on the air or not, but uh, I said that this I felt like I just won the Academy Award, and I appreciate the, all the the people that voted for me, and I appreciate all the horses and drivers and everybody over the years that have put on the show on the racetrack and allow me the pleasure and opportunity to call that action. It's just been a great career, and I hope i got a few more years left in me. Well, Roger, we uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, joining us. And I'll tell you what, uh, I have looked up to you for a very long time, so uh, it's you. definitely been fun. And uh, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see you next year at the Little Brown Jug. I'm actually uh, I'm three hours closer now being at Northfield, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that helps out. Uh, we'll see you then for sure uh, uh, come September and uh, I start looking out looking forward to the next little brown jug the day after each year's little brown jug and uh, sometimes 364 days is a long time to wait but it passes fast when you got something to look forward to like the jug there you go all right Roger well uh, hold on one second Uh, Mike's going to get some information from you and uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break actually we're going to hear from our friend Anthony McDonald about the stable.ca and uh we're going to give away another prize uh here so if your question is being read you're going to get a prize and it's going to be a yannick jingra bobblehead so let's, without further ado let's get to the question back with anthony mcdonald of the stable.ca anthony our next question comes from earl did not leave a last name but here is his question. If a horse I have a percentage in gets claimed, how does that work? And do you recommend buying small shares of numerous horses, or do you think it would be more profitable to just buy a bigger share of one horse? What say you, Anthony? Well, I guess it's the same as investing. If, if you're going to, you can either spread your money across the market or you can, uh, you can um, park it under one banner, so to speak. Um, we have a lot of people that buy lots of pieces of horses and we have some people that, that put all their money into one horse. So, um, it's different and it's similar in, in both cases. If, if you feel that uh, there's one horse, I mean, we're talking about Christmas time of the yearling year. So anybody has as much of a chance of guessing which ones are going to be the best of the bunch as much as I do. I can tell you who does their work properly. I can tell you who doesn't do their work expertly properly right now, but that means nothing when they roll behind the gate next June or July, hopefully. They all have to overcome certain obstacles, and and none of which they've they've been thrown in front of just yet. So it would be hard for, for me to say go one way or the other. As far as being claimed, again, we don't race any race horses right now they will be racing next year and hopefully they won't find themselves into two-year-old claimers but if they do uh, the choice to put them in that that to that class would again have to be a complete consensus on everybody nobody can have their money ripped up underneath them and putting a horse in the claimer is the same as putting it up for sale and everybody has to be in agreement on uh, on the directionality of the horse so that would have to be a discussion um, that I would have to have with the group or, or the trainer again um, we've set it up so that um, there's no ties directly to the stable.ca when the horse begins to race. If if the group of owners decides to move the horse at any time, they're more than welcome to. There's no strings attached. So um, if we do have, if I do have this horse with my wife in training next year, it will be uh, it will be under the under the stipulation that everybody is is completely on board at, at all uh, at all crossings.
the votes have been counted. And now it's time to name the runner-up and winner of the 2015 Iron Horse Award. Let's review the finalists one final time. Activator. My Fella. Albert Chief. Move On. And Casanova Lindy. The runner-up for the 2015 Iron Horse Award is... My fella. And the winner of the 2015 Iron Horse Award is... Casanova Lindy. So it's Casanova Lindy winning the 2015 Iron Horse of the Award. We're back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, and we're joined by Casanova Lindy's trainer, Nick Surick. Nick, welcome in, man. Hey, Mike. How you doing, guys? Good. Listen, All when right. I was putting this when I was putting this thing together, and I was putting these uh, promo videos together, um, I found a couple of Casanova Lindy's races at the Meadowlands. In one in particular, Nick, that I want to mention is the one that Hannah Miller was driving at the Meadowlands. This horse was first over coming into the stretch and was just getting swarmed with competition. And I'm thinking, and I was watching it on YouTube, and it said Casanova, and I'm thinking right in the stretch, top of the storm, this horse has no chance to win, getting swarmed. <laughs> but unbelievably, game uh, fought back to win. And, uh, you know, that's that's my take on this horse. I had a chance to call this horse a couple of times. Always gives 100% out there. I mean, Nick, you have to be pleased. Yeah, you know, I mean, anytime you could take a 12-year-old horse and claim him for twelve, five, or 15000 he goes on and makes 70000 in a year, you know, I mean, that's a bonus. But, I mean, just the things he did for me in my barn and Hannah this year, um, you know, like that race there, I mean, you see him first over, but if you watch from the start, he got parked every step of the mile, and, you know, I mean, he just, you know, he took Hannah, you know, he, he, he kind of did the driving that night and just got Hannah to the wire first. And, you know, I mean, I've sent them anywhere I've sent them. He's always shown up and given me 110%. I've sent them to playing rage. He win. I sent them to Chester with Marcus. He win. I sent them to finals at Monticello and Yonkers and drawn nothing but eight holes. And I mean, I think, you know, I think he win maybe 13 or 14 races this year. And, probably four or five of them wins, he was parked every step first over because, you know, them amateur races aren't easy. You know, they're pretty cutthroat. And, you know, I mean, you know, nobody, it's not easy in any race. But, you know, Hannah was out there a lot of the times, you know, on the outside and rimmed the whole mile. And he just kept digging and digging and digging and, you know, did his job. And a horse like that, you know, makes you appreciate him. Now, Nick, uh, let me ask you a question. The, the Iron Horse category uh, was filled of 14-year-olds with just one 12-year-old. Uh, how do you keep a horse going for so long and keeping, uh, you know, not necessarily sound, but, you know, of course, sickness issues can come into play and things of that sort. How do you keep a horse like this going? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't have an answer for you. 
And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, every horse is different. And, you know, you know, these older horses, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of, you know, they kind of take care of themselves, you know. Some horses are, you know, prone to getting hurt a lot. And then other horses like himself, you know, they just take care of themselves. And, you know, I got another horse this year that, you know, he's not quite as old as them horses, but I think he's nine turning ten. And, I mean, I think he had the most starts in the United States this year. Last week it was his, like, 51st start of the year. And, uh, you know, some horses just know how to take care of themselves. Like, it's just, you know, it's nothing that I do. You know, I treat, I got 36 horses in the barn, and they all get treated equally, whether they're a four claimer or they're an open pacer that I got. And it's just, you know, it kind of comes down to themselves. Yeah, everybody, I think every trainer needs a horse like Casanova Lindy. So, obviously, Nick, this horse could do anything. He can go mile, five-eighths, half-mile, nothing seems to bother him. It, it it doesn't matter. I mean, anytime I put him on the track, he does his job. And, you know, it just it makes you appreciate him because there's a lot of horses that don't do that. And, you know, you pull your hair out trying to get him to go. And, you know, here's a, you know, here's a horse that, you know, is... As long you know, and knock on wood, you know, I, I I don't think he ever run for me. And if he did, it was probably an interference, and somebody knocked him down. If you know, if, if that was the case. But I mean, you just a horse like him that just shows up and does their job every week. You know, it's you got. You, I really appreciate horses like that, and they just make my job a lot easier. And you know, they make the trainer look good, and they make the driver look good. Now, does Lindy have a favorite driver, or does, does he get along with everybody? I mean, can I can I sit on his back and win with him? Uh, you know what? I drove them once. I mostly drive a lot of my horses at freehold, and I like to sit behind them once or twice just to kind of get a feel for them. And I drove them one time, and he felt, and like I said, he's never run, but he felt like he wanted to run every step of the mile. I was just holding them together, and I got off, and I handed the lines to Han, and I said, you know something? I said, he wants you to drive because I said, I, it just, you know, Hannah gets along best with him. Like I said, I think he went 13 or 14 races this year, and probably 80% of them were with Hannah. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm sure anybody could drive him. Marcus, you know, Hannah's uh, brother win with him. And uh, we've had Andy win with him at, at the Meadowlands and Brett. And I've had other people drive him. But, you know, he does his best work with Hannah. Yeah, and, you know, Nick, I'll tell you, it's important. We, we've talked to a lot of really good horsemen. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, you know, you're included in that. But it's so important that to, to surround yourself with good people and nick you've certainly done that T- talk a little bit about some of the people that, that make this thing go other than nick surik or hannah miller uh you know i got the girls in the barn i've got you know i've got a great team of people behind me i mean my one of my second trainers dave strong he's been on me for six years um you know but a lot of it uh it comes from you know you need anybody can train horses i mean it's every it's not as hard as people think you gotta have you got to have people that back you and you know your biggest thing is you know your financial backers and your owners and people to believe in you because if you give people money i mean you know it's it's endless you know i mean you could just you could go through horses and turn horse turn the page and turn the page and turn the page and you know i've got guys you know howard Schneider and joel benson and you know i mean the biggest you know the biggest change in my barn in the last couple of years has been herb miller and you know i've gotten a lot of his owners and you know, Irv's a big backer in Hannah and, and his owners and my owners. And, you know, when you got people like that behind you, you know, everybody always wants, you know, I mean, the caretakers and the second trainers and it's all good. But, I mean, everybody forgets the, you know, the guys that are supporting all of us. Those are the guys that pay my bills, the groom's bills. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's the number one, you know, that's, that's they're the biggest people behind all of us. Casanova Lindy, the Iron Horse of the Year. Nick, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your New Year's Eve to join us. And, and listen, I want you to hold on for a second because I want to get some information from you off the air so I can get this uh, award to you, okay? Sounds good.
All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be with you in a second. That was Nick Sering, trainer of Casanova Lindy. And, and uh, Micah, once again, you know, we talk about these iron horses, and I'll let you read the vote totals. This was a very, very closely contested race between uh, Casanova Lindy and my fella. Activator was right there as well. Mike, you had an opportunity to call Activator's uh, final race a win at Northfield Park. Albert Chief just uh, raced his final race at Dover, had a very tough trip, finished fourth. But uh, certainly – a great group of iron horses nominated by you, the fans, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Um, Activator had 83 votes. Albert Chief had 62. Casanova Lindy, 166. Move On had 45. And My Fella had 142 votes. So we're thankful for everybody who uh, that took the time out to vote for that category. Listen, coming up next, Mike, is another uh, question for Anthony McDonald. And we're also going to reach out uh, and have a commercial from Essential Touch. Don't forget, you can save 20% just by mentioning that you heard our ad right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be back after this commercial break. Back here with Anthony McDonald of the Stable.ca. Our next question, Anthony, comes from Carol Ellison. And uh, here's her question. Will Anthony be training and driving all the horses? And also, how are monthly payments accepted? Can I pay through the site or mail a check? So, um, yeah, so, Carol, again, this goes back to the to the whole premise of the stable. If the owners want to leave the horse with myself and my wife, then, yes, I'll likely be doing the driving. Um, if I can't drive, if, there's, uh, if something comes up where I have to be at a different track, there's more than enough capable drivers that better drive the horse. But, yes, my wife and I would be training the horse, but only if you want us to. Um and the second part of the of the question was, how are the payments made? So in Canada, um, you can email the money, just, just like a normal email, as long as you have a banking institution um, in which to send it from and get it from in Canada. Uh, in the United States, we're using PayPal a little bit. I have a PayPal account set up. Uh, we're using that. You can send a check also. So we try to make it as easy as you can. It, it's a little more difficult with credit cards nowadays because of privacy issues, and it's not something that we're ready to get into just yet. So we don't have a credit card payment system set up, but there's more than enough payment systems set up, and uh, we'll work with anybody to try and make it as easy as we can. Give your horse the winning touch with MagnaWave, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. It relieves pain, improves movement, stimulates acupuncture points, reduces inflammation, Get immediate results. Call the Essential Touch LLC Certified MagnaWave Practitioner, 302-922-0917. Get the winning touch. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and it's our... Post time with Mike and Mike Award Show. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, we've had some very good information, very good guests. I'll tell you, Roger Houston was a lot of fun to talk to uh, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, he sure was, no question about it. We uh, just had Nick Surik on, uh, trainer of uh, Casanova Lindy, our Iron Horse Award winner. We still have one more winner to announce, Mike, that's coming up in just a few minutes, Race Fan of the Year. But first, we've got another award winner on, the Breakthrough Award of the Year. Mike, why don't you introduce this uh, fine young stallion? 
Well, well, listen, uh, I, and I, I'm going to mess with you a little bit, Gabe. Uh, it's a uh, Gabe Pruitt, but it, it, it's a fellow show better. Okay, it's a fellow show better. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, say the least. There you go. <laughs> There, that may be the first time I've ever been referred to as a fine young stallion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Gabe, Gabe Pruitt's joining us tonight. Gabe, uh, you're the Ushua Breakthrough Award winner. Uh, we talked a little bit off the air uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, take us through uh, what it was like when you got the phone call that you were going to be uh, honored with this award. Well, it was uh, a very pleasant surprise. You know, I sincerely appreciate the honor. And I actually got a phone call uh, one morning. uh, I guess the morning the the award was announced from Chris Tully, the Ushua president. And I asked him if he had the wrong number, and he he assured me that he did not and uh, congratulated me. And uh, it was, uh, again, quite, quite the honor and uh, very humbled to, to receive it. Well, I'll tell you what, you're you're a young guy, Gabe, but uh, you kind of got a lot of announcing experience. Take us down the road of uh, Gabe Pruitt. Where where have you been and uh, and uh, where are you currently? Well, I began, uh, Mike, at the Red Mile. Uh, my my first experience uh, may have been much different than than most. I, my first experience was actually on the microphone, <laughs> calling the races to a to a simulcast audience. I've never called a qualifier or a fair or anything for that matter. But um, a good friend of mine at the track, Kevin Mack, was the announcer at the time and the race secretary. And he had needed someone to call at the first couple of races. I think we were starting at that time at the Red Mile, like 6 o'clock, and, and his race office duties were kind of peering over. And the first couple of races were, you know, short fields, um, you know, not not overly difficult, I guess, in, in terms of uh, – uh, much more difficult than they appear, and I'll say that. <laughs> but uh, I uh, started as just a fill-in for him. I would call the first couple of races on, on the uh, cards, the Red Mile, just until he got upstairs and uh, kind of got into it that way. Didn't really have any aspirations to become an announcer, although I was always a huge fan of the uh, sport and the guys that did it. And, um, you know, as I got a little more into it and, and a little more experience, I, I did – take a liking to it and it sort of blossomed from there but i believe my my first calls would have been to red mile probably in 2005 or six now what else do you do at uh we know you're a pompano now what else do you do there uh besides an ounce that's the races of course and we do an on-air pregame show prior to the races each night of course on-air handicapping but you know a lot of my passion lies into the into the business um uh, you know, in terms of handle and things like that. And uh, and I do set all the post times and, you know, manage the off times, as we know now with with drag and things that, uh, you know, have overtaken uh, a lot of the uh, simulcast business these days. So we set that, and I'm, I'm constantly interacting with, uh, you know, the starter on, on when to bring the horses to the gate, um, you know, with the uh, tote room on, on how many minutes to hang, and uh, then, you know, of course, announce the races and, and do on-air handicapping in between. Yeah, now Gabe, that, yeah. that's not, no, Carter's got a question for you. Carter, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, that's my good friend Adam, and I used to do the the starter at the Pompano, by the way. Good friend Adam Brownlee, and I got to tell you a quick starter about Adam. I love the guy. Absolutely, we, we go golfing all the time. We're really good friends, and he used to be the longtime starter at Hazel Park. And one year, I had the uh, distinction of trying to stay away from racetracks and setting post times. And, uh, you know, one time I'll never forget this one time I wanted five minutes over post. And, uh, so Adam says, yeah, okay, no problem. That's fine. So, uh, 
all of a sudden the horses are coming to the gate in one minute his lights are flashing i'm thinking what the heck are you doing my good friend so i'm trying to get a hold of him through the walkie-talkie he would not answer the walkie-talkie well the race went off and it was one of our low handles and of course i got called into the office and all kind of great stuff but uh adam's one of our good friends gabe you're gonna have to keep him on your p's and q's but uh, go ahead mike Adam is phenomenal. I will just say very, very quickly, uh, you know, as it's pretty much, uh, you know, everyone's on board the team. They they see what we're doing down there, but Adam is phenomenal. Great guy. Just Gabe, just watch your minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Gabe, uh, you've caught. Listen, I've been to the Red Mile. Uh, I, I know what that announcer's booth is like. Uh, and of course, you've been in Northfield. Me and you have both called it Buffalo. Uh, what has been your favorite racetrack that you've called at so far, even if it was just calling a race there? Um, and what's that, like, what type of racetrack is your favorite? Is it five-eighths, a mile, half-mile? You know, I've always been uh, a bit favorable, and maybe I'm a bit biased because I do come from Lexington, but uh, I, I enjoy mile track racing. For those that, that don't know what the announcer's booth is like at the Red Mile, Mike, it's essentially an outhouse on the top of the roof. It's just a wooden shack. And uh, it is pretty hideous, but uh, I guess it has a, a bit of a charm to it. It's been around for quite some time, and uh, a lot of great folks have called the races at the Red Mile, Roger Houston being one of them in the uh, past. Um, you know, so I, I really enjoy Lexington. Uh, you know, it's just a great time of year, typically in the uh, summer. And, of course, the Grand Circuit, you know, it's phenomenal just to even be at the uh, races. You know, but it's hard to be pumping on the winter. I mean, when you've got that announcer's booth, uh, the window, I'm a, I'm a window open guy. I always open the window no matter if I'm calling. If I feel in Northfield on a, on a January night, I've got the window wide <laughs> open. It's just habit. The same way. And um, I do the same thing at pumping on. Believe me, uh, it feels a little bit better down there in January than it does in <laughs> Northfield. It's just it's just a blessing to be able to call it a place, uh, you know, again, where, where we've been able to uh, to drive the numbers up and, and again the weather's great you, you just crank that window open in mid-january and it's 80 degrees out at night it's it's really cool yeah i feel sorry for you that's terrible that you have to <laughs> deal with that 80 degree weather down there in the winter listen l- listen my good friend what made you want to become an announcer and who were some of the people that you looked up to when you were growing up getting into the business well i grew up on the uh thoroughbred side of things. In fact, uh, I had never been to a harness race in my life until college, uh, and I moved across from the Red Mile uh, when I attended the University of Kentucky. So all of my background was on the thoroughbred side, and again, I didn't really have many, you know, much of an aspiration to be an announcer, but when I did get a, a taste of it at the Red Mile, I really enjoyed it, and I began to, I guess you would say, study uh, a little bit more, and uh, Sam McKee, of course, role model, idol, great person not only one of the greatest announcers but uh one of the greatest people i mean you know one of the greatest guys i've ever met uh in general you know and uh he has been uh very instrumental in in sort of guiding me and, and someone to rely on and 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 always great for advice I, I grew up a huge larry letterman fan as well once i once i was accustomed to larry's calls you know i think he's phenomenal uh still stay in touch with larry's a great guy and, and does a great job uh you know, of course, Roger Houston, you know, how could you not? You, you know, you guys said it earlier. He's the voice of, uh, of harness racing. So you would obviously have to uh, uh, really look up to him as well. So so those are a few of the names. Now, Gabe, uh, we're looking ahead towards 2016, uh, obviously. And you, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Pompano, uh, a few years back, when I say a few years, I'm probably talking 2006, 2007, uh, wasn't didn't wasn't there a race at Pompano that lasted two days? 
Yes, they had the uh, New Year's Eve uh, race, I believe, where it started in uh, at 11.59, and lo and behold, uh, it ended in the following year. I'm not sure how long ago that was uh, either, but uh, we don't do that you know what, maybe, at this point. Maybe we need to, you know what, maybe we need to bring it back, and you know what, you can hang, you know, six, seven minutes, and uh, our friend the starter will, uh, <laughs> will, will, will yeah, you know, I'm forget. A- I'm a handle uh, guy. I was actually going to uh, jump on uh, after this is over and check and see uh, the numbers, uh, like how Western Fair is doing tonight, because if you take a look, it's a, uh, there's not much on the menu tonight in terms of uh, racing, so it's interesting to see what what type of handle numbers they do. Well, Gabe, I'll tell you so what. Don't, don't say fun. never say never. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's right. Now, Gabe, I'll tell you, the other night, and I got time for a quick story, you know, of course, me and you were talking earlier about Western Fair, and uh, uh, Mike, I uh, wanted you to hear about this too. Western Fair had seven horses and did seventy thousand in their high five pool. So I give it to these guys who uh, to ha- that have this high five pool. Of course, I'm at Northfield now. We have the high five. Pompano's got it. Uh, Woodbine, the Meadowlands. I'll tell you, this high five wager is uh, really, really kicking off. Uh, Gabe, what do you contribute to that success? Is it just like a lottery type of wager? to some people, or is it a lot of fun to try to really handicap out? Well, I think anytime we give a a wager to uh, the public that is, that is going to provide them uh, a great deal of value, that, that they will uh, react to that and respond accordingly. And we've seen uh, – we got to have a couple of the biggest pools for it, for that matter, in the United States that I can ever remember uh, this past year because in May at Pompano, you know, we had the jackpot high five, and, of course, we had a mandatory payout night. $203,000 carryover, I believe. You know, we tried to pick out a night where there was not much going on. We had it on a Wednesday night. We wanted to have an 11-horse field. The only thing left, the only class left at that point in South Florida where we get 11 horses, $4,000 claimers. So we were a bit nervous that, uh, you know, with the quality of the field or what have you. And, um, you know, the fans responded. You know, they bet over a million dollars new money on a Wednesday night at like 11 o'clock you know, at Pompano Park at the end of May. So that was really cool to see. We promoted on social media. Uh, we had a lot of folks that, that gave us their plays. Um, Mike, you were kind enough to do that for us as well. And I think that got uh, just the word out of, across the uh, racing world when there was not much going on that night, you know, as opposed to having it on a weekend or something where we may have been overshadowed. And then fast forward to the Red Mile, we had a sort of a perfect storm. They missed the high five. Uh, it's not a jackpot wager. It's just in the last race of each program. They missed it two days in a row in the Grand Circuit, and the carryover was $50,000. So we were sort of in uncharted territory of what to guarantee, what to offer the next day. And uh, Chris Schaefer of the USDA, who was very good to uh, work with, he said, you know what, let's partner. Let's do a $150,000 guarantee. Um, you know, I think they'll bet 100000 new money. And, uh, again, that was very much uncharted territory for even me. You know, I'm okay guaranteeing something I know we're, you know, safely going to be close to. You know, when you start guaranteeing 100000 new money, I mean, you miss it. You could miss it uh, substantially. And fortunately, we had like 390000 new money bet into that pool. So um, I think when you give, a, you know, the fans a, a wager that has, a, you know, a carryover, they know they're getting a good value you know, full fields, and they're chasing, you know, a home run type score. And the minimums on those wagers are pretty low, just 20 cents. You can afford to spread out a bit and and give yourself a reasonable chance. Definitely. Well, Gabe, uh, we certainly appreciate having you on, and uh, congratulations on your Ushua Award. Uh, I tell you what, it's definitely deserving, uh, and you're a great friend of mine. So uh, we appreciate you having us or uh, taking time out of your uh, New Year's Eve to spend it with us. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to report I can still pass a breathalyzer at this point, and uh, I'm having a low-key <laughs> sort of night. So uh, thanks so much, guys, for having me on. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing a great thing here. This has been long needed, positive. You have, uh, you know, a great lineup of guests, it seems, week in and week out. So ev- from everyone in the entire industry, thanks. All right, Gabe. Well, that was Gabe Pruitt, the announcer and Ushua winner. Uh, this year, uh, breakthrough of the year. And, Mike, I'll tell you what, Gabe is a class act and a lot of fun to work with. Yeah, he certainly is. And an Ushua Award, certainly well-deserved. Congratulations to Gabe Pruitt and all the award winners. And speaking of award winners, we have one more to come, and that is the Race Fan of the Year. We had five terrific candidates, and uh, we'll announce the winner when we come back. We still have uh, time for one more Anthony McDonald segment, so listen Listen, that's the whole thing. Listen, because you can win a Corey Callahan bobblehead if your question gets announced. So stay tuned for that. Plus, we've got Race Fan of the Year. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Back with Anthony McDonald of thestable.ca. Anthony, this next question comes from Kirby Grimes, and he wants to know, what is the biggest obstacle for people looking to either buy shares into or a standard bread in entirety? What should people consider before doing so, Anthony? Well, I think that the greatest thing about this site is it gives people an opportunity to uh, to take a look at what they can afford and be able to budget. So that's something that we haven't always been able to do in this industry. When you buy in, you're locked in. And sometimes it gets the people in a position where, you know, they get a little overwhelmed with the bills and, and – um, and if your horse doesn't necessarily race that well, you, you could you could get behind the eight ball pretty quick in this industry, and it's not something that we, anybody likes to see happen. And it's something that that we really have gone to great lengths to make sure it doesn't happen in this in this site. So what your what your availability is is to uh, buy any piece of any horse, your comfort zone, not mine. And in that in that that allows you to budget for what the bills could be going forward and any any unforeseen uh, cost that may be attributed to that horse. What you should be looking for in a horse is, um, if you want to see it race live, you should obviously be looking at what jurisdiction that horse is racing in, and uh, if that's your jurisdiction. Secondly, you should be looking at possibly the same as anybody would at a sale: breeding, confirmation. Um, take take great heed in what what is said on the on the when I speak about the horses on the commentary, I mean, I'm as brutally honest as I can be. People have to understand when they come to this site that I don't work for the consigners. They've sent me their horse to sell what they believe is a, their horse at a fair market value. That's where that's where our business comes in comes into play. But I need repeat customers, so I need people coming back and buying more horses. You're certainly not going to be able to do that if if they have a bad experience. So we do all we can. Both my wife and I do everything we can to make sure that everybody that enters this site, everybody that comes on here, everybody that looks at horses, and and hopefully everybody that buys horses has a great experience. And we only do that by being upfront. So take a listen to the commentaries, both from myself and this week. We're going to work on getting some from the blacksmith and some from the veterinarian. Uh, he hasn't had much to look at lately. He hasn't had any horses to look at, but. Um, Take, take, take into account all the commentary, all the breeding. Take a look at the horse on the track, and, and uh, you know we give you more than enough angles to, to have a real good look at every horse at the stable. And um, everybody's a little different, but um, I think that should point you in the right direction for sure. Votes have been counted, 
And it's now time to announce the runner-up and the winner of the 2015 Race Fan of the Year. Once again, let's review the nominees. Tom Dubrick. Stephen Charlie Conway. Ted Barkins. Albert Nash. And the manager. And the runner-up for the 2015 Race Fan of the Year Award is... The manager. And the winner of the 2015 Race Fan of the Year Award is... Albert The Ted Barkus Race Fan of the Year Award goes to our good friend Albert Nash. And for those of you uh, that are on social media that don't know uh, Albert, Albert is one of them guys that is constantly on Facebook congratulating uh, virtually everybody for their performances on the track. And we're going to bring Albert in right now. Albert's on the show. Albert, welcome in, my friend. Hi, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Now, what gives you the drive? What uh, You're so positive on Facebook. I love it. I think everybody loves it. What gives you the drive to uh, congratulate everybody? I just like uh, racing. And, uh, I get my passion from my dad. My dad's real big in the horses. He got me involved in it. And you own, a, and you own some horses w- with your dad, correct? Yeah, we have two of them right now. Uh, who do you got? Where you got? Where they racing? Uh, Bullville Blast is running at Monticello right now, and uh, Giant Slayer is running at the Meadowlands. So, when did you actually become a race fan, and, and how did how did you get involved? I mean, was your was your dad in the business? Was he a horseman, or? Yeah, he used to be, and then he got back in it again. All right, and of course. And, and, of course, for those of you that don't know, Albert, uh, well, he visits my booth. Uh, he's, he's come up in the announcer's booth a couple of times, and, and, he, uh, and he certainly has is, is visited me. But, uh, listen, I want you to keep doing what you're doing, my friend, because it's a very, very positive thing. And, uh, you know, congratulating everybody. And uh, I think it's about time that, you know, you get your recognition. So congratulations, 2015 Race fan of the year, Albert Nash. Albert, we we don't want you to go anywhere, my friend, because we do want you to hold on because we're going to get the uh, the address for you, uh, from you, uh, to send this certificate out. But uh, anything else you got to say to all the people that supported you? No, I just like to thank the people that voted for me, and I'll continue to do what I do. And well, I got to tell you, and I know Mike's going to read the votes here in just a moment. But you were the league leader in all six categories, Albert. You got the most votes, 242, I believe that number is. Mike's going to queue us up on the correct number yep, in just a 242. moment. Yep, 242. You had more votes than anybody. Wow. 
All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to Mike uh, Albert, don't go anywhere. We're going to get your address and uh, so so hang on the phone, will you? All right. Sounds good. All right. There he is, my good friend Albert Nash, uh, 2015 race fan of the year. Mike, you want to go ahead and read those totals, and I'll take care of some uh, administrative work. Yeah, the uh, race fan of the year, uh, Albert Nash, had 242 votes. He led the way for the entire uh, for all six categories. Um, the Conways were at 26. Uh, the late Ted Barkins was at 52. The manager was at 129, and Mr. Tom Dubrick was at 96. So uh, it was a con- closely contested battle for the race fan of the year. Well, don't go anywhere just yet. We've got about eight or nine more minutes. We're going to take one last commercial break, and we're going to hear from our friends of Maryland Standard Bread and Essential Touch. Don't forget, you can get 20% off. Take advantage of the savings while you can. This is Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Do you suffer from migraines, back pain? Do you have shoulder problems or sciatica? Treat yourself to a MagnaWave treatment. Call the Essential Touch at 302-922-0917. Like us on Facebook at The Essential Touch LLC and check out our website at TheEssentialTouchLLC.com. We are certified in human treatments as well as equine. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you what, Mike, we've only got a few minutes left, but this has been an, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we got a chance to sit down and talk with a lot of great people, but the award winners themselves, and uh, we're, we're just so appreciative and uh, we're thankful that they uh, were able to take time out of their New Year's Eve holiday to spend some time with us. Absolutely. And all these guys and horses and gals were just terrific. Everybody... Everybody was a winner. I mean, no matter how many votes they got, it, I'll tell you, they everybody deserved this award. And people, a lot of people that you know didn't get nominated certainly uh, deserve this award. It's a terrific, terrific thing. But you know, Mike, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, throughout this whole thing, throughout this two-hour <laughs> extravaganza, this is why I, this is why you're one of my best buddies in the world because my <laughs> log says that we're going to bring it in for the wrap up at seven fifty-three. And what time did you end that bumper music? Seven fifty-three. How do you do it? Dude, I tell you, it's it, it's not been easy. Um, <clears throat> for our Breeders' Crown show, and for those of you who don't know, uh, we have a studio that we you know kind of work out of. And for the Breeders' Crown show, it was our first two-hour show. I was working off of two computers, and I told Mike when I was done, he's going to have to up my salary by thirty percent. Tonight, I've been working <laughs> off of one computer and trying to post that won't be a very that won't and, be a very hard math <clears throat> problem. Yeah, right. And uh, we've been posting on social media all night. I actually just sent the press release out to the USTA. And uh, so it's definitely been a busy night. But, Mike, I'll tell you what, it's all worth it for this. Uh, You know, we we talked with Joanne earlier and just how excited she was 
We talked with Albert Nash, how excited he was, Nick Surick, Hannah Miller, all the winners, Roger Houston, said he felt like he won an Academy Award. I mean, that just makes me feel amazing, and we're, we're, I'm very, very glad that we did this. A lot, there's a lot of deserving people in this industry, Mike, and I think it goes with our motto. You know, one of the things that we wanted to do when we started the concept of this show was to tell positive stories of people and horses in this industry. And, you know, there's so much appreciation to go around. I mean, whether you're a, a $4,000 claiming horse out there, you know, racing hard every week, or whether you're a stakes horse, or, you know, whether you're a, a, a trainer with uh, consistent grand circuit wins, or whether you're a a trainer of just a couple of horses, you know, everybody plays a part in this industry, uh, whether big or small. And, you know, we plan on telling these stories, not only of course here with the award show, but going forward as well, you know, we're looking forward to a fantastic 2013. We're back on a regular time slot next Thursday, uh, start time, or as Mike Carter would like to say, post time at seven o'clock. Well, I should That's say right. with the first and, uh, post real- of 7 o'clock. I have to get it right with the first post of 7 o'clock. And uh, next week we're going to have a great show. We're going to try to get Dave Miller uh, rescheduled, uh, the Hall of Fame driver, because we really want to talk to him about that fantastic show down back in the Little Brown Jug with Lost for Words and Wiggle It Jiggle It amongst uh, some of his other accomplishments here in 2015 in his career. But uh, no question about it. Hats hey, off Mike. to all the awards winners. Yes, sir. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we're running a little short on time. I wanted to uh, – we've, we've had one person tweeting us or retweeting us like crazy, and uh, I actually caught her talking about the show without the hashtag, and we, we've got a prize to give away, don't we, for those who are, uh, for those who are involved with us on Twitter. And so I, I, think we're, uh, I think I know who I want to give it to. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, how about a Tim Tetrick bobblehead? How does that sound? That sounds good to me. We're going to give it to the Twitter name at Standard Red Gal. At Standard Red Gal, please send us a uh, message with your mailing information. And uh, this gift was presented or given to us by Friends of Maryland Standard Bread, one of our great sponsors. And we want to thank all of our sponsors because certainly without the sponsors, we wouldn't be sitting here. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads, uh, had Clarissa Coughlin just talked to her the other day. She was so nice and in giving us these uh, prizes to give away, and, and she's been such a big supporter of the show. She's just an outstanding, outstanding individual, uh, the you know, the, who definitely cares about the future of the sport of harness racing. Essential Touch, don't forget, 20% off, Mike. This is your last call. 20% off uh, for, uh, you know, uh, customers for Essential Touch. All you have to do is say that you heard it on the post time with Mike and Mike show, and boom, you get a chance to put some money in your pocket and save it. Uh, TheStable.ca, Anthony McDonald has just been terrific. Uh, you know, he's been keeping us up to date on one of the things that I believe will revolutionize horse owning, uh, not only in Canada, in the U.S., but worldwide. He's been so uh, gracious to join us and give us updates on TheStable.ca and answer questions. So we certainly appreciate his support and everybody's support. Uh, the retweets, the Facebook likes, the emails. All the great things that um, you know that people have said, and uh, it's just amazing how you know the industry can come together. And uh, one final note, Mike, that I want to bring up, and then I'm going to go ahead and let you close it out and wrap it up. And I know we've talked about it a couple times, but I do want to talk about it again. One of the uh, finalists, nominees for Race Fan of the Year, Ted Barkas, uh, who uh, ended up getting quite a few votes, 52, um, passed away uh, yesterday, I believe. 
And um, it was. you know, from 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 now on, it is going to be the Ted Barkus Race Fan of the Year, and we're going to uh, send a um, a uh, award to uh, Ted, uh, an acknowledgement uh, to uh, Ted's family, letting uh, letting him know, uh, letting them know, I should say, that uh, the award will be named in Ted's honor from here going forward. All right, guys. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Enjoy the rest of your New Year's Eve. Be safe out there. For Mike Carter, I'm Mike Bos. Well, for Mike Bosich, I'm Mike Carter. And we'll see you next week. First post. Catch us at seven o'clock. <laughs>